Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Here we are again. And we're in the studio here in North Palm Beach, Florida. We're speaking to the world. Uh, we reach out with YouTube and Facebook, Cyberspace. We're all over. You can stream us. Uh, we're on the old-fashioned radio. That's, uh, we're sitting in an old-fashioned, very old-fashioned, as a matter of fact, radio studio. Uh, we're having technical problems here, there, and again. But uh, we overcome. We shall overcome. And our computer is not working again to get the phone calls through, but we're going to do group text. So there's always a way around every problem. And we will take your phone calls, which are very important. Uh, if you're new to uh, this show, you haven't heard her on cars before, you're in for a treat. If you heard the pre-recorded introduction, uh, that's what it's all about. We're going to tell you how to venture into a car dealership for service, maintenance, or to buy a car, God forbid, in today's market. But if you have to go in and buy a car, we're going to tell you how to get by with the least pain and the least financial damage. We've been doing this for close to 20 years, and we think we know what we're talking about. There's uh, Rick Kearney, by the way, is sitting on my right. He's a certified diagnostic master technician, and if you've got a problem with your car, he can pretty much figure it out. Uh, even if you call in, better you send an audio clip or a video clip to our YouTube, or you could uh, email it to Rick. Uh, he monitors our YouTube. That's youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars, and Rick is watching your post. So uh, you can send a, an attachment, video clip, and this is what it looks like, Rick, or this is what it sounds like with an audio clip. Free diagnosis right here uh, on, uh, on our radio show. This might be the wave of the future. Who knows? Maybe people won't be going into car dealerships. Uh, they'll be just communicating by whatever is the best communication. Rick? Nah. They'll just tell their car, hey, Drive over to the dealership and get yourself fixed. <laughs> You're exactly right. I never thought about that. You know, that is absolutely true. I, I think in probably 25 years, or maybe less, that's what happened. Uh, you'll get a text from your car, and they'll say, uh, because you will not be needing me uh, it, between 2 and 4 a.m., I'm running over to the service department, and I'll have myself fixed. I'll be back by 4 a.m. If there's a problem, please text me within the next three minutes. Hmm. I love it. I love it. Great idea. Anyway, oh, by the way, speaking of service in the cyberspace area in the 21st century, uh, Nancy and I had an impromptu, it was an accidental mystery shopping report. We drove my Tesla uh, to the uh, service department, the, the dealership is, is on Okeechobee Boulevard in West Palm Beach. Uh, for some service issues, and Nancy went in because she's interested in buying a Tesla also. And so our experience says 
uh, were very interesting. I don't want to spoil it, but if we have time during the later later part of the show, we still have uh, a regular mystery shopping report, and that's always the highlight of the show. It's toward the end of the show, but if we have time, uh, we'll let you know how we were treated at West Palm Beach Tesla when we brought uh, the Tesla S, that's a plaid edition, in for service, and Nancy wanted to, to buy a, a Tesla. We'll tell you all about that. Uh, my son Stu is on the way. Uh, run a little late today. Uh, a few back problems. He did 16,000 steps at Universal Studio with my grandchildren uh, about a week ago, and his back hasn't recovered yet, but he's uh, coming back. He'll be back with his back. Um, let me go around the table here. You heard Rick a minute ago, uh, and uh, he uh, kind of grew up in this era. He he started out actually as a kid. I mean, when it was really basic, so he took apart cars and almost practically built cars. He and his father, uh, he had that aptitude as a child, and then he went through the whole combustion engine uh, thing, and there was no high tech stuff. He's been with my dealership for over 25 years. It's a long time, and uh, he's seen the change. He's on top of it. He's ahead of the curve, I like to think, and uh, he sees the future, and the future is almost now. So no matter what your car you have, if you got a, if you got a 10 or 15-year-old car, Rick can answer your questions. If you just bought a new car with all the bells and whistles and the Bluetooth and the rest of it, uh, too high-tech in my humble opinion. Uh, I think the average person, frankly, can't, understand his car. I don't understand my Tesla. We can talk about that a little bit later in the show if we get to that mystery shopping report. But as I said before, please let Rick know if you have an issue. Call in 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. And Nancy monitors, Nancy Stewart, my co-host and my wife, uh, she monitors all the incoming calls. We prioritize it because we get calls, they're not calls, we get text, uh, we get uh, YouTubes, we get Facebook. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. We're all over the place. But phone calls are personal, they're interesting, we hear you, we feel your pain, and uh, we only have five lines or four lines, something like that, coming into the radio studio here. So we don't want to get backed up and have you wait. So Nancy, when she gets the group text, as opposed to appearing on the computer, uh, she will put you ahead of everything. She'll stop me yakking or Rick or Stu when he gets here, and we will take your phone call, 877-960-9960. And by the way, uh, Nancy is uh, a very strong female advocate, and a lot of change. We talk about electronics and high-tech and quantum computing and all that other stuff, but uh, the woman's revolution is... Uh, has really uh, been front page news for a long time. And women are taking their place beside men, maybe a half a step ahead. They're taking, they're taking their place where they should be uh, in the 21st century. And Nancy's leading the charge with respect to automotive. And she is a female advocate. She has built our audience almost to parity, 50-50 women callers. I was in the dollar store yesterday, killing some time, and uh, I was approached by two women that said they listened to the radio show, and they were very, very appreciative of Nancy Stewart and what she does to include women and encourage women to participate. So uh, Nancy's got a special offer. I'm going to turn the mic over to her and let her tell you all about it. Thanks. 
Uh, good morning, everyone, and welcome. Uh, as Earl said, we have a, a great show ahead, uh, a lot to cover. I'll be quick. Um, I just want to remind everyone that uh, women, um, well, they represent a huge opportunity uh, in the uh, buying, uh, leasing, uh, in the car business, a huge opportunity for these uh, dealers to make a help. Uh, heck of a lot of money. I don't think we're allowed to use profanity. Uh, so uh, at any rate, ladies, uh, give us a call at 877-960-9960. And uh, this morning, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Call and say hello or share your experience if you did go into a dealership. Much appreciated. Help me build this platform. We can do it together. 877-960-9960. And uh, for everyone else, uh, our text number is 772-497-6530. We're going to go straight to the phones where John is holding from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. My wife is also appreciative of Nancy with a saying that knowledge is power. And thanks to Nancy's forum and giving $50 to the first callers. I think it's a wonderful thing that the women get more involved. Oh, but thank your wife for me. Today. Yes, absolutely. And Nancy's on there a long time with her all together. What I want to say was I have a couple of uh, questions on fuel for Rick. My first question is, um, Rick, can aviation automobile uh, use fuel be used in the automobile? Would it do any harm to a catalytic converter? Um. <clears throat> It used to be back in the day they used avgas or aviation fuel in a lot of the um, muscle cars, mainly because it had a higher octane rating and would burn slower and produce more power. Um, it's really not recommended in modern cars. You're, you're better off stick with a good automotive fuel. Modern cars, their engines are tuned way differently. They're designed differently. And... Let's leave the avgas in the airplanes. John, you there? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, well, yeah. He, 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 Rick's advice is leave the gas in the airplanes. Aviation leave. fuel should stay in the airplanes. <laughs> that, that's that's the best place for it. Yep. Okay. The second question: We're fortunate enough here in Florida to have Rec ninety. Um, you can use it in your lawn mowers. Use it in the boat. What yep. that basically is. Uh, no um, uh, ethanol, and if you, we're, we're concentrating today on gas mileage, the maximum we can get, is it worth the, few, the difference in price to put it in our modern cars, use Rec 90, and the difference with the better gas mileage, would it be worth it to spend the extra money to put this Rec 90 in our cars? Not really, because uh, unless you find a station that is selling Rec 90, that is maybe five or six cents more than the regular 89 octane fuel. I don't think um, that'll happen. I don't think you're ever going to find it. The 87 octane fuel, Rec 90, most of it, they they charge huge money for that, and it's design. It is intended for, like John says, uh, the big lawn equipment, uh, boats, and the like that are not designed to have ethanol fuel. Ethanol is basically there. It's kind of as as like a uh, a fuel stretcher it's supposed to be trying to help improve the the burning of the fuel a little bit um 
it does cause a small loss in fuel economy, but the fuel economy you might get from using Rec 90 is not going to make up for the added cost of it. You're okay. actually better off to just uh, modify your driving habits and work your fuel economy by way of doing that. Uh, choose slower roads, go real easy on your gas pedal, easy on the braking, coast a lot. There's there's ways to improve your fuel economy just by changing your driving habits. The reason I mention is my friend has a 57 Chrysler 300C. That's the true Hemi engine. Has two four-barrel carburetors. And he oh, used yeah. it in there and he said that car never performed better. You know, that's a high-performance engine for that era, especially in 57. Right, so but that's a... That's he a, swears by it on that particular car. Yeah, and, and, and that's power, the exception. You know? It's... It's a completely different yeah. animal. Right. Uh, I, uh, John, I'm looking at a picture I took uh, the other day. Nancy and I had lunch at the River House restaurant, and the marina next door is selling uh, Rec 90, smelling the gas, you know, the, for marine use boats and the diesel. Uh, the gas is $7.30 a gallon, and the diesel oh. the diesel is six sixty five. Wow. So, so uh, I don't think I'm glad I don't own a boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who can afford the that? Seven dollars and thirty cents for gas. Uh, ethanol, when they first started it, it probably was a good idea. Now the president signed legislature that we can have legally up to fifteen percent ethanol and use it in our car. Uh, it's a little bit cheaper, but isn't ethanol very corrosive and dangerous? I mean, I read where 20, it takes 22 pounds of corn to make one gallon of ethanol. And if somebody like Earl would put that 15% in his 37 Pontiac, look out. I mean, all the lines, the fuel lines, uh, the carburetor, uh, the uh, fuel pump, the, dye, the rubber parts would deteriorate completely. So what's, what's Earl, uh, Rick's opinion of us using this? Uh, ethanol in a gasoline in order to stretch the budget of the fuel. First thing you do is look on your fuel cap of your car, and it will tell you what you can run for a percentage of ethanol, up to 10%, up to 15%. And on those very few vehicles that are left that are flex fuel, they can run the 85% ethanol. Well, good luck on those, but uh, myself, 90% of the cars out there are already, if they're less than five years old, they're already designed and rated for F, for the E15 fuel. And it's completely safe in those. If you do have an older car, you know, just look at the sticker on the pump. Make sure it's only 10% ethanol. That's great information. I thank you, Rick, for that information. Well, thanks for the call. My pleasure. You always, you always got the great questions. We really appreciate your calls. Yeah, we appreciate you. you, John. Um, have Thank a you great Thank weekend, and thanks for being part of the show. 877-960-9960, <clears throat> or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, here's a website that, uh, you know, I haven't mentioned uh, for a while, uh, but uh, here's how you can find out whether or not uh, the car dealer that you're dealing with is breaking the law. Go to www.floridalawprotectingcarbuyers.com. It's a, a great 
place to go. And uh, Earl wrote a great blog uh, about the uh, breakdown and, well, all the uh, technol- the terminology uh, that's used. He, he broke it down in, well, uh, the kind of uh, words that we can all understand because you, you know how difficult it is <laughs> to read these, um, what do you call it, Earl? These, Fine uh, print. Hmm? Fine print. Uh, it's more than just fine Legalese. print. Yes, there legal you go. Age, yeah, yeah uh, this uh, legal terminology. So go to www.floridalawprotectingcarbuyers. Uh, we are going to go back to the recovering car dealer. Well, I just announced that uh, Stu Stewart is in the studio. Hello, everyone. Uh, with a uh, back that well. is uh, <laughs> walk 16,000 steps uh, with my grandchildren. Uh, 16,000? That was last weekend. Oh, like this weekend, it's more like sixteen steps with my. Oh yes, issue. well I mean yeah, but uh, last uh, weekend I was. Yeah, that's what caused miles. the background. Yeah, so yeah, I, uh, Stu's in charge of our mystery shopping report, and uh, if we don't have any phone calls waiting, I'm just going to mention a impromptu mystery shopping report Nancy and I had. Uh, my Tesla, I had a little problem. I was backing out of the driveway about a week ago. And uh, suddenly everything went black, not with my eyes, but with uh, the dash and all the lights of any kind on my on my Tesla. With a Tesla, to go forward, you have to reach up and touch the, the screen and move up for forward and back for down. I couldn't see where it was on the screen, so I kept backing up when I wanted to go forward. I ended up in my neighbor's yard across the street. That disturbed me very much and probably almost as much as my neighbor. Right. <laughs> so Dr. Bourne I finally got been. lucky and I hit the black screen and moved it forward, and I started to drive to the dealership, and then I said to myself, this is crazy. Why am I doing this? Because I couldn't see turn signals. I couldn't see odometer. I couldn't see any of the warning lights passing. So I was flying blind in my Tesla. So I called Stu, and Stu says... I said, if everything went black, Dad, you should call your doctor, doctor not me. <laughs> but I did. He said, have you rebooted it yet? I think I think Stu said, and please, get Nancy out of the car. Yes. <laughs> get her to safety immediately. So that's what I did. A computer, uh, Tesla is a computer, and so I rebooted And sure enough, all the lights came back on. But it scared me, so I decided we should take it in. Uh, tried to make an appointment, and I had to make it for next week. Uh they checked my computer, they checked my computer, my computer on my Tesla, and said everything's okay. Uh, whatever happened was a glitch. Yeah. Somehow I didn't feel totally comfortable, but it, it probably won't happen again. Most and likely. we see nothing wrong. But I, I had some safety campaigns, recalls, that I had to get fixed, so that was for the following week. So that's where the mystery, impromptu mystery shopping report comes. Nancy and I were drove to the dealer Tesla dealership on Okeechobee Boulevard, and we pulled in. And uh, it was uh, very few cars, very few people anywhere. Uh, the service department looked like it was closed, so I had to pull up and I parked. And then a young man walked out and said, uh, "Are you Earl Stewart?" I said, "Yes." Uh, he says, uh, "I saw your t- I saw your car pull in. I was expecting you." And I said, "Great." I said, "How long is this going to take?" He says, "Well, unfortunately, we don't have the parts for both recalls." I said, "Oh." Uh, when will you get them? He said, well, we're not sure. It'll probably be weeks. So I said, I said, well, would you like to do the one? I said, do you have a loaner car? They said, no. And I said, well, I think what I'll do, I'll wait and I'll come back when you have the parts and you can do both. So I got back in the car and Nancy and I are now going to go to lunch. I looked at my iPhone 
and uh, I couldn't bring up my test lab because it was locked in service mode. It was telling me I was in the service mode. I was, I, they said, tell me I was in the service department, but I wasn't. I was on my way to lunch. So we went to lunch, and to, Tesla owners know this, but if you're not a Tesla owner, you can't do anything in your car without your iPhone or your smartphone because your app controls everything and opens the door, closes the door. If you don't have your iPhone, you can't even open the car. So uh, I look at my uh, iPhone again while we're in the Tesla store, I mean in the uh, restaurant, and it's still in restaurant mode. So I, but, I, I panicked. We had to Earl, call. let me intervene. Yeah. But on my telephone, I looked at my Tesla app, and they were telling me, um, they were giving me information, and it was in reference to military time. Yeah, that's true. So anyway. And that's not hard to figure anyway, out. Anyway, <laughs> the, the good news is we did get in the car, uh, and we, we found, we, after contacting Tesla, which was a, a project, they said, oh, we're sorry. We left you in the service mode. So uh, on the way home, our apps flipped over, and we lived happily ever after. So that's an impromptu mystery shopping report. Um, but you got a taste of what uh, what people go through. Yeah, what people go through, and, and I, Nancy has a few words. I know she she was uh, quite upset about it, and I was too. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say what I want well, on no, the air. No obscenity or profanity. Just you know, I, I, you know, I'll just break it down to you know, I I live my life that uh, like this. I I want to I want to treat you um, like you would treat me and vice versa and i'm not going to ask you to do anything that i wouldn't do and that's basically how i live my life and i really found that uh you know there's no bashing of uh, elon musk no matter anyone who's listening right now elon musk <laughs> he's pretty smart He's very smart, he's very rich, and he's very arrogant, and he's very pompous. All those things set aside, he has a great product. But goodness gracious, what happened after you purchase the vehicle? After you purchase the vehicle? You know, we have to treat each other like human beings, and I didn't feel that when I sat in front of the Tesla dealership. I certainly didn't feel that. With all of the text messages um, that came across Earl's telephone up until a half hour that we pulled up at Tesla, and by the way, we came quite a distance. There was no indication that parts didn't come in. Um, there was no uh, software uh, updates for uh, anything that was going to happen that afternoon. And it really wasn't that important to anyone that we came such a distance and found out that we were left holding the bag. And then to leave the dealership and to think to ourselves that the car would shut down because it was in a service mode. Who was in charge of all these texts? Because they were so frigging inaccurate. And it just didn't have to happen. Okay. Uh We'll keep you posted on the Tesla saga and uh, the next appointment, and uh, we'll we'll check with Stu. I will. Well, I wanted to say there was another um, moral to the story um, <clears throat> is, folks, if you're listening, rebooting anything works like 90% of the time. I was in, uh, not in a Tesla, but I was in a gas-powered uh, Toyota 4Runner with my daughter, and uh, she couldn't get her phone to 
make the Apple CarPlay go on. So he went through the troubleshooting thing. And finally, I said, hey, listen, at the next light, I'll reboot the car. She goes, you don't have a Tesla anymore. I'm like, well, I'm going to reboot this car. So we got the light, turned it off, turned it on. And then Apple CarPlay started working miraculously. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the little And, you, and you know, there's a lot of stories like that, but there's also a lot of people that don't even realize that. I learned that myself because of Earl a long time ago. Pull the plug, yeah. put it back in, or what you it's just kind of explained. A, it's kind of like a joke, but it, but it's, it, it works. You know, it was <laughs> a joke years ago. You know, uh, you know, Microsoft, the whole thing yeah. when computers were new, uh, the joke was, you know, you re- everybody knew you reboot a PC, but then the joke was, you know, maybe if you were driving a car, if you just turn it off and turn it back on, it would right. fix it. Well, now, now it does exactly. Yeah, that's true. It's because they're rolling <laughs> computers, as you as you pointed out. Um, let's jump into some text. We have uh, one from Anne Marie. If you guys are ready, yeah. Uh, Anne Marie says, "Good morning. I got a couple of questions about hybrids and EVs today." Uh, one, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. I understand that hybrids use the electric motor for in town where the stop and go driving helps recharge the battery, regenerative braking, and that they use little to no gas with stop and go driving. I heard a guy say that he could go a year with just one fill up because he only uses his hybrid in town. If this is true, wouldn't the gas go stale by the time he refueled? Um, let's well, let's address these one at a time. So this is interesting real quick because Rick is, I think, the holder of some record. Our listeners probably don't know this, but Rick drove a, uh, a hybrid, modified hybrid. Plug-in, yeah. <laughs> but go ahead, Rick. <laughs> we uh, basically we took a Prius, modified it to a plug-in hybrid battery system, right, and drove it from Lake Park, West Palm Beach, Florida, to Washington D.C. with less than a less tank of tank. fuel. Yeah, that's a it little had, over it had a couple miles. gallons in it left when we yeah. fill, filled up. Yeah. Yep. Um, Actually, plug-in hybrids, which there's quite a few of them on the road now, where you can plug the car in. You could do this. It costs a dollar maybe to charge up that battery overnight, and it's charging a slow charge at times when peak electricity is off. So you're using very little cost to charge it. And if you're driving less than 15 or 20 miles to get to work, you're not using the gasoline engine at all. And that Um, was my experience with the, uh, the, the Prius Prime. Right. And so a plug-in hybrid, you can drive that car quite a bit without using any gasoline at all. And yeah, over time, that gas in the tank actually can start to lose its effectiveness. And it's recommended, therefore, that every so often you need to get the car out and really drive it on the road to get the gas engine right. to run. But on a regular hybrid, you're not exercise gonna, it a bit. On a regular you're hybrid, you're dead on. You're yeah. dead on. But on a regular hybrid, you're not going to make it last a year. No. no. But um, So you, you won't run into that problem, unless you park it for a long time, and then you might want to do a gas additive. Uh, her second question is, CNN Business reports, I knew Amory was going to, call us on this one. CNN Business reports that Toyota is recalling uh, the 260 uh, BZ4X electric vehicles that have been delivered so far. I don't know if they've all been delivered, but they are all in dealer inventories and all that, but yeah. No. Huh? One in dealer inventory. One inventory. Okay. One in inventory. Oh, correct. Okay. So, Um, anyway, so 260 of them are called um, because they asked to stop driving the cars right now because the bolts could loosen and the wheels could fall off. Um, even after a short number of miles. Uh, Toyota has asked the owners to bring the cars into the so dealer. So super high-tech. That's, this, I mean, century. your head's going the same thing, <laughs> and Anne-Marie's is also uh, going in, this, in the same direction. Um, 
She says, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, nuts and bolts holding the wheels and old technology de- dating back decades. I mean, it's not decades, it, it literally goes back millennia um, to, chari- to car- chariots <laughs> and well, wheels and wagons. Um, the, but I was relieved, hold on a second, I was, I was relieved because um, not that we had a recall, this is a terrible rollout and it's embarrassing, it's their, it's their entrance into the EV market. And, um, but thankfully it's not a problem with the EV technology because that would cause I mean, that would be a very damaging thing. You know, Toyota obviously knows how to make wheels. Something screwed up, and uh, but it's very embarrassing. Well, and and dangerous, very dangerous. Here's another embarrassing thing that's not in that article, is that our the Toyota uh, new hybrid is a clone of the Subaru. Subaru, yeah. Subaru still has the incentive money from the U.S. government, the subsidy money, yeah. uh, $7,000 or something like that. So the same car as the Subaru, if you're going to buy if you're gonna buy the Toyota, don't buy the Toyota, buy the Subaru, because you're going to get the $7,000 credit from the government, yep. and you won't get that from Toyota. Ah, see, unfair pricing. <clears throat> and the, the thing <clears throat> I see about it that for some reason is somebody just went stupid the technology of attaching a wheel onto a hub of the car 90 percent of the cars on the road today use studs you put the wheel on the stud and put lug nuts on and tighten it down Uh, they went with the volkswagen and european idea of put the wheel onto a little tiny rim of the hub and put bolts in through the wheel into the hub using lug bolts instead of lug studs and lug nuts and it's it's ridiculous and and now they can't seem to keep them tight okay mm. all right wow. so amory that's uh great questions let's we'll make sure i don't want to miss anything else i think we got everything so that's awesome i love amory's text amory should put out a blog that the highlights of all the news in the week because she she has an eye for the important things and interesting things if she did that it would make my life easier because yeah. In, in all of our lives, because I know that we all scour the web looking for you know stories in the car industry, and you can do that. You can search by topic and things like that. We but all Anne Marie, know people who yeah. say, "Let me tell you what happened to me yesterday," and you yawn and you yeah. fall asleep. When Anne Marie texts, everybody gets alert because we know it's going to be dynamite, yeah. and she's betting a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Anne Marie, you know, I want to take a moment and thank you. Um, week in, week out, you send in a you know informative text, and uh, you enlighten us. And you enlighten our audience, and I just want to thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, let's see. Let, uh, let me find some anonymous feedback for us. Um, here we go. Hello, is it worth the price difference to buy a hybrid instead of a regular gasoline or diesel engine if I plan on keeping the vehicle for about 15 to 20 years? Our I say absolutely. I, yeah. think, uh, I think everybody would concur with that. Yeah. Hybrid... Uh, you know, hybrid arguably could be the uh, uh, could could be the thing that delays the all electric vehicle because it is such a um, it, it, it takes the anxiety you know, the range anxiety away. It, you know, maybe I'm old fashioned, but the idea of driving a, a car that can also use gas makes me feel a little bit better. There's a whole lot of gas stations out there. Uh, gas might be overpriced, but still, if I'm going cross country, I would feel more comfortable in a, in a hybrid. And I think it'll be that way for yeah. a while. And Always then, have a contingency plan. Yeah, backup. It's yeah. a backup, yeah. And then and the second part of the question is, are the hybrid batteries still dropping in price to replace? I have a gasoline engine, and my car is almost 14 years old. Thank you. 
they have come down, but what's the current pressure? I don't, I don't think anything's dropping now. They might have yeah. gone back up. <laughs> Historically, yeah. A little. Yeah. Uh, but actually, the the other side of it is the quality of those batteries has started coming up. While the price of replacing it has come down some, the quality and the lifespan of those batteries has actually increased quite a bit. That's but the cost great. of the metals must have been be going up with this. Uh, that's yeah. that's one big factor, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, um, we're going to go back to the phones. Marty's holding. Good morning, Marty. Hi, good morning. How can we help you this morning? Uh, I got a question for Rick. Okay. Uh, on RAV4s, on all of them, do they have the auto stop-start feature? And, and if they do, is there any way to permanently disable that? No and no. Uh, I know my wife's 19 RAV, it's an XLE, does not have that feature, which is why I'm still married and not divorced, because if it had, she'd have either divorced me or hidden my body somewhere. And the ones that do have it, unfortunately, every time you get in the car, you would have to push the button to turn it off. However, if you just kind of get in the habit, push the button, turn it off, you won't have to deal with that incredibly annoying... You, practically useless feature yeah because my son-in-law just uh, ordered one from you and when i was looking up a lot of stuff my wife has a crv which has it which is very very annoying so we're always pushing the a button to get it off yep but uh, i didn't know that every rav4 has it also the new ones anyways yeah then the newest 22s there be they for some reason tried to just said oh yeah we're gonna put it in a whole lot more of them, uh, oh god. The yeah. the executives at Toyota for some reason so somebody needs to get hold of them, and tell them they got to get back in touch with the real world because they're they're losing contact. They don't understand yeah. what people really want and don't want. And I was gonna also tell Earl on my wife's CRV one day we're driving it and the uh, screen itself went black. And mm. we, you couldn't press the radio. You couldn't do anything with the screen. Luckily, I mean the car. As Did you far reboot as it? The, the D. That was it. I had to stop the car, started it again, and then the screen. Everything started up again. And uh, it's, it's. I, I don't know why, but uh, you think for Tesla, I mean it's so high tech that they would have, uh, you know that there would be uh, something that they fix. But I guess because it's so high-tech, it's all electronic. Mm -hmm. That's right. Anyway. Well, I, I just, you know, on this auto stop start, the fact that the manufacturers have designed them so they cannot be uh, disabled uh, is, uh, is absolutely a sin. And uh, if uh, somebody comes up with a way to permanently disable, there's thousands and thousands of people out there with that with that uh, stupid idea that hasn't worked uh, to uh, permanently say they'll make a fortune if you could just uh, simply, without going through too much trouble, permanently disable that feature. And one other question for Rick. Does that stop start do harm to your starting buttons or your, your starter or whatever, your alternators and everything too? Well, the unfortunate part is that the, the battery and the actual starter motor are much more expensive 
And they actually have, if you read through the your maintenance guide, they actually have a predicted lifespan of when it is recommended to replace them because that that battery is getting so much more abuse for having to be cranking the engine over and the starter having to start the engine up over and over and over again. So they actually put a lifespan on them and they said, just like an air filter, it is recommended at such and such a mileage that you replace both the starter and the battery. And they're quite expensive as compared to the normal standard issue type starter and battery. That's why I, I highly recommend it for most folks. Um, actually ignore that part, replace them when needed, but turn that feature off as often as possible and expand the lifespan of those two units. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'd say push the A immediately. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Thank you, Mark. Call again. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Talk bye with bye you again, Marty. 877-960-9960. And you can text us. Seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. I think we're going to go back to Stu. Sure. <clears throat> we have a text from Ola. Ola says, "From your this is for Earl. From your experience, do you really think EVs will take over in the next few years? This is a question a lot of independent dealers are asking. Many dealers are very hesitant to look into this business line. I think they will, and I think that it's interesting. Uh, the uh, the uh, senior editor of the Automotive News, that's our inside train journal. Every auto, every uh, auto dealer, every manufacturer reads this weekly. And here's the, I'll hold it up for those who are streaming. The headline is, I was going to wait to get an EV, but the time to switch is now. Now here's the editor of the Automotive News saying, today is the time to buy an electric vehicle. Now whether you agree with it, that or not, it's a significant thing for this guy, uh, the, the the person that is most read by the manufacturers and the car dealers. He thinks today you should go out and buy an EV. Don't wait. So uh, I think so. I don't think today, you heard me earlier, if you were listening, saying that I think the, a transition vehicle like the like the hybrids that we have now available uh, in my, if I'm you know, from practicality, I would get a. I would buy a hybrid today as opposed to an all electric or to an all gas. I think that's the car of choice for at least the next five years. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, uh, to your point, uh, Consumer Report had some uh, great information, uh, positive. Um, I mean, with the price of everything going up, they talked about the electric vehicles and uh, that they're more affordable right now. And the prices are coming down uh, with some of those brands. Uh, so it's uh, something to think about whether you would, you know, go with what Earl said or you would just really be ready to jump in and get yourself an electric vehicle um, if you uh, so uh, desire and <laughs> if you can afford it. Uh, you know, uh, it was an interesting statement from uh, uh, Justin uh, Fisher from YAA. And if you haven't joined, you really should. They've got a lot of great information over there, and, and uh, we are hand-in-hand uh, -hand with them. Uh, they said that <laughs> that in this breaking point that we're in, in this breaking point that we're in with high interest rates, with uh, car payments, with the price of a vehicle, whether it's used, whether it's new, right now, a new car, 
a new car costs more than many Americans make a year. Wow, what a statement. What are your thoughts? 877-960-9960 or Texas 772-497-6530. And if you're a little shy, your anonymousfeedback.com. Now back to Stu. Okie doke. Uh, let's see. Anonymous feedback. This is for Rick uh, on the topic of hybrid still. Uh, good morning, Rick. I think gas prices must be high. We're having a lot of questions about, about this. Uh, good morning, Rick. Um, on a hybrid, once the hybrid battery dies, may I continue using the vehicle with the gas engine only? No. And not replace the hybrid battery? No. Will I cause any major damage to the vehicle? No. Must I replace the hybrid battery? Thank you. I'm sorry. I hope everyone is well. I love the show. Yeah. Um, most hybrids, the car will shut down within a short time after the hybrid battery finally reaches its quitting phase. It, they don't, um, unlike a gasoline engine, though, we've seen that they don't suddenly just fail completely and leave you stranded alongside the road. It's like the battery starts failing and it gives you a few warning gas, some warning signs saying, hey, uh, the lights will come on and you'll get the, the hybrid alert on the dash. And it gives you a chance to, okay, I got to make an appointment, get into the dealer in the next right. couple of days and get it checked out. And then you've got a chance to get it repaired without being stuck alongside the road in the rain, in the right. dark. Like with, suddenly. With not a tow right. truck, right. I, I got a question. So when they fail, I mean, there's individual cells in the battery, right? Like Yes. As a if a if a cell in the battery fails or is, is failing, does that necessarily mean the battery is going to is it going to indicate to you in the car you got one going or can one go bad and your car still run? It will still run, uh, but the only indication you'll have is just a, a warning light. Okay, it, it's just a generic warning light says hybrid issue. When you have an issue like this, is it possible that you're just having an issue with a couple of cells and it's an inexpensive repair, or is it once you have a cell going, the whole thing has got to be replaced? Now, the original intention was to be able to replace individual cells, but that never came about. Okay, It went to replace the entire battery as a unit, and that's just been the way that How it's, it's been done. Yeah. I just checked a um, hybrid battery on a Prius cost of a replacement on Amazon. Oh, and uh, you can buy one on Amazon for two thousand one hundred sixty-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. Wow! So uh, that's about in line with a, a yeah. Toyota factory price. Yeah, so uh, that's so, not bad. That's great. They've come uh, down. This yeah. It's very heavy. Get somebody to help uh, you lift it. Yeah, and now bear in use mind, your back. don't use your back. Use your legs, uh, and get a qual- find a qualified technician yes. to do that job to right. replace. Or get a it. What did they originally cost new back in the day? Oh, uh, when Seth. they when they first came out. In 2001, when the Prius first hit the shores here, and everybody was wondering how much would that battery cost, it was over ten thousand yeah. dollars for the battery. Okay, yeah. there you are, folks. Yeah. We're That's in a huge reduction, eighty percent reduction. A deflation. Mm-hmm. You know, the Prius that, battery dropped in price. That was twenty years ago. Eighty percent. That was twenty years ago. It was ten thousand dollars. Now, 20 years later, it's $2,000. Exactly. More good news. So the, the caller, you can replace the battery. And you will save enough on gas to pay for the battery by running on hybrid because you have no choice anyway. But exactly. uh, you're, you're, you should replace the right. battery. That's the reason I said you won't hurt the car yeah. by doing it because the car won't do anything. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and, and as a matter of fact, in 2001, when, when Prius first hit here, uh, they, it was still a learning experience. 
we actually had a customer after a couple of years that his uh, gas engine wouldn't fire up. He'd run it out of fuel, and he kept restarting the car, trying to make it run on the hybrid system <laughs> until he actually depleted the hybrid battery. Uh, the safeguards weren't there to prevent it, and so all you know, just to brag a little bit, I've I'm one of the first people in Southeast Toyota, the whole Southern United States to have manually recharged a hybrid battery huh. and saved this customer the cost of replacing the battery because he had drained it right down to nothing. Oh, macro. But since then, now, there are safeguards built into the software. It will not let you deplete it that far anymore. There we go. They learned something. Yep. All right, I got some more anonymous feedback here. Um, this is a great question. I wish it wasn't anonymous because I want to praise the person. A few years ago, I read that the highest paid employee at the dealerships um, is the finance manager. Is that still true? And does that help explain the shady reputation of the car dealer business? Um, well, I wouldn't say they're the highest paid uh, employee in the, in, at the uh, car dealership, um, but they are amongst the highest play, uh, paid people and certainly um, uh, of the whole dealership, not just the sales department. And um, the reason for that, gosh, um, I guess it's because a good F and I person, someone who's very, very skilled at uh, taking advantage of people, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Yeah, there's there's honest ones too, but um, um, they're highly in demand and they're highly paid individuals. They're paid a percentage of the profit um, of the things that they can sell you and sneak in on you in the in the finance department. And uh, let me show, let yeah. me hold up a um, article and. Current automotive news um, headline is five of six publics top two thousand dollars in per car F and I profit. Now the publics are the publicly owned uh, automobile dealers. They include AutoNation, Sonic Automotive, Group One Automotive, Asbury Automotive, Lethia Motors, and Penske. Now you probably haven't heard uh, a lot of those names. I know you've heard AutoNation. That's because the other publicly owned, these are traded on the stock exchange, they own uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, hundreds of dealerships and they change the name. So they, they don't say Sonic uh, Mazda, uh, they don't say Group One Toyota, uh, it's another name. But the basic thing is, if you take the top six publics, you're talking about uh, almost half of the cars that are sold in the United States. Now these these uh, dealerships, this is a, a slice. The reason we know this is because they're public corporations. They have to disclose to the Securities Exchange Commission uh, where the money comes from. And so car dealers keep their financial statements extremely secret. You really don't know. The manufacturers see them. Uh, but they keep that secret too. Even our association, National Automobile Dealers, keeps all the numbers secret. Well, the publicly company companies have to disclose. So, AutoNation, <coughs> in the first quarter of this year, on every car they sold, and that's Chevrolets, Fords, Buicks, Toyotas, they own about every type of franchise, Cadillac, Lexus, uh, they're huge all over the United States. They made, on the average, $2,691 on every car they sold, new and used, whether they financed it or not. Now remember, some people pay cash, so they make zero. You know, a guy comes in, he writes out a check for his Lexus, and uh, his chauffeur drives him home. You know, they don't finance the car, but that still is counted in to the denominator when you're 
actually measuring the per car finance profit, $2,691. And the every one of these groups, uh, except for Penske, Penske is only $1,932. Now, when you, when you consider that the car dealers are making probably on average, uh, I'm going to throw a number out, Stu probably knows better than I, but $4,000 a car on new, new profit. Just on the front part. On yeah. the front part. Yeah. Add another 2000 of that. So, because uh, they're getting the 2000 on the back end. So they're making... Uh, I, think you're, I think you're light. They by, are mine, by, yeah. You're light by a couple of thousand. Well, some dealers are I'm light by a lot. Some dealers I'm not. But yes. on the average, average, you're probably right. Uh, six or seven, maybe, instead of uh, four. I don't know. Point is, the finance department has always been, uh, except during the shortage of supply, now suddenly the front end has become more important. But be careful when you finance your car. Especially now. Yeah. There's a lot of factors that are not apparent to... Like for example, um, you got we, the, the the anonymous uh, question uh, came in. Want to know like are, why are they the highest paid? Well, there any time you got a situation where you're paying somebody a percentage of the profit, and especially in a situation where there is like really no limits on that, you have a very dangerous situation. A finance guy is he's got a lot of temptation right there. People are financing more than they've ever financed. So just the profit he's making on on rate so when they when they when you finance a car and they mark up the rate uh, several points that's part of that's going in his pocket so he's very tempted to not give you the rate the bank gives them he wants to mark that up even more when they're yeah. trying to sell you warranties the pressure is coming out really really hard there's a, a good department. F&I person remember this is not a college graduate he doesn't have a master's or PhD he has no specialized training other than six weeks maybe in F&I school uh, these guys are making a really good one. We'll make anywhere from a quarter million dollars a year to a half a million, and 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 some make more. So, uh, you know, a good F and I guy is good for a quarter million dollars a year. That's a lot of money, and uh, that's true in almost every dealership. There's a no, there's a whole different psychological uh, situation in the finance office now. You got somebody who waited six months for a car. Yeah. They're not walking away from that deal. So on a typical back in normal times, you, somebody walks into a showroom on a Saturday. They come in. The guy in the finance department puts it on too thick. They go, all right, let's go down the street, and, do the, and they, they leave. People aren't leaving now. They got too much I, in the I line. didn't even think about that. Yeah. If they lost uh, and they think they got a decent price on the car, they might never find that car, or they might never find that price. Right. So you say, I'm sorry, this is the lowest interest rate right. I can get you. Take it or leave it. And they take it, and they take it or leave it. Right, and it also the, the, the psychology is different on the sales end of it, too, because there's no fear because they don't care. If you walk away from that car, yeah. there's a guy who's going to pay more money literally that day or within yeah. hours. So Folks, don't buy terrible. a car. Exactly. Don't um, buy a car today. Do not buy a car today unless you absolutely have to. Uh, it's a seller's market. The dealers are getting rich. The finance managers are getting rich. The sales manager, everybody, uh, the dealers, uh, the manufacturers. So, it's, stay out of the market for a few months anyway, if Sound, you can. Sounds like a good idea. Um, just as a sidebar, I just got a uh, alert from Tesla. Our car may be gone. <laughs> I'm not sure. Do they, do they just? Does the car just leave and go to the service department without you? <laughs> Possibly. You um, need a ride home. I, can, I, I got room. <laughs> Uh, ladies, please, uh, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call. Say hello. 877-960-9960. We are going to go back to the phones where Sarah Lynn is holding from Boynton Beach. And uh, Phil, we'll be right with you. Good morning, Sarah Lynn. Good morning, Nancy. I am actually calling 
to thank you all for your time and knowledge. You guys are excellent, beautiful people. Aww. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you all. And, and I wish you all a great day. Thank you, Sarah. Thank uh, you. Sarah, before, okay. before you go, um, are, is, I believe this is the first time that you've called the show. No, it isn't. It isn't? No, ma'am. Maybe the no, second? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling again. I'm planning a seed. I'm encouraging you to call more often. I do. Thank I you. I call my name Sarah instead of Sarah Lynn. Okay. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you all so much. Have a great day. Thanks for the compliment, Sarah Lynn. Have Thanks a great for weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, we are going to go to Phil, who's holding in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Phil. Hey, uh, how y'all doing this morning? Uh, I was really taken by your story about your Tesla because I've got one ordered. I've had it ordered since October. And I'm really tenuous about do I really want to buy this car because I've got a I've got a Prius hybrid I've had since 2017 and I absolutely love it. In fact, I've also got a hybrid ordered from an NX Lexus from J and M, thinking maybe I would take the Le- the the hybrid over getting the Tesla. So after y'all just went through with yours, I am really tenuous about taking this car. Well, so, yeah, we, were, we were we were very angry, Phil, and still still are to a little to some extent. I think we've cooled off a little bit. Uh, in reflection, and, and Nancy got a, her opinion too. In reflection, uh, I have never I've had that Tesla for over a year, and I haven't uh, taken it into service. There hasn't been a service required. Uh, now, there's not too many cars you can say that of. Now, you, with combustion engine cars, uh, you can't do that. You've got to bring it in every six months or six thousand or 5,000 miles, uh, whichever comes first. Uh, you got to have the oil change. I don't have to have the oil change. Um, so um, I think the electric car, the all-electric car, will, will require far less maintenance. I think that the Tesla uh, anticipated this a bit in their service departments. Uh, I, I think the problem that we're seeing with with uh, Tesla, Nancy and I are, that one thing, it's almost impossible to get them on the telephone. When I bought the car, I could not get people on the phone. If I get, did get them on the phone, it was a, a chore, and they didn't have the answers. They're set up 21st century for, for strictly electronic communications, and uh, it's efficient. Uh, same thing with the car. Uh, so it, like it, it will be a culture change for you, Phil. It, but I wouldn't. I would not not get yeah. the Tesla because of the service department treatment. Uh, but they I'm, need to work on that. Yeah, and I think they will improve it. Um, I just um, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't, Phil. Don't let it not let you get the car. But I had a similar experience with a, with a, a service issue, and um, I found it frustrating too. Uh, there's not a lot of human contact. A lot of messaging on the app, and it's it, it's impersonal. Um, it's, it's efficient, like Earl said, but when you, if you're if you're confused about something, you need to speak to somebody. It's, it's not that uh, it's not that easy. Yeah, it definitely isn't that easy. And you, you know, my point is the fact that uh, there was a lot of money spent on this plaid, a whole lot of money. And uh, I don't know, uh, uh, maybe I had my Pollyanna 
tinted glasses on or something, but I thought that uh, all of the texts that Earl received um, in that couple of weeks and up until the moment we pulled in, I thought they were all accurate, you know, and uh, I kind of I kind of dropped the ball uh, because I usually check on things, but it is that Tesla reputation and Elon Musk, and I thought that that thought and that journey would follow me all the way through to the dealership and the software update and everything in between, including the gentleman who was standing there with the clipboard who just didn't inform us prior to us arriving, which, like I said, you know, we came a long way. But would I buy a Tesla? Absolutely. Did I want to buy a Tesla that day? <laughs> no. <laughs> Earl said, come on. He said, let's go in. I says, you really don't want to take me in there um, because Earl knows that, well, I can put the crazy hat on real quick. So, like I said, and back pain had a lot to do with it, too. I was in a terrible amount of pain, and I drove all the way to Okeechobee Boulevard, and I just expected better. But as I, I always say, I say it all the time, knowledge is power. And like I said, maybe I dropped the ball. So that's my take. Well, and the thing is, too, I, I, I agree with you because I've been trying to get information about the status of the car and everything, and you got to call people on the phone, and half the time you can't get them, and they don't even return calls when I call the service center down there in Okeechobee. So I'm, I'm not really sure that this is what I want to do at this point in time. Yeah, I don't uh, mind. I mean, it's kind of costing <laughs> the business. I don't, I don't, Nancy says she's still going to buy the car. I'm not so sure. I mean, uh, it's just, uh, uh, is something that you have to. Uh, uh, I I'm I'm a first. I'm, I'm one of these people. I got to have the the first iPhone, the first this, the first. I like I like high tech, and I know the pain I go through. I'm wearing something called an Aura ring. I'll hold it up. Uh, it's really cool. I won't go into the technical benefits. It's a health health thing. There are no human beings that work for this company. I'm I'm convinced. Everything is strictly computerized, uh, high tech, uh, texting back and forth. And you have to get into that mode if you're going to get a Tesla. And I, I'm not completely in that mode. And, um, you know, I was born in 1940. I think if you were born in 1975, it'd be a different story. You know, speaking of being, in, in, you know, born in 1940, you know, Earl pointed out to me yesterday several times, Earl and I are in our, in our 80s. And guess what? Um, you know, we are really a, a tech-savvy Earl. He's a genius. And uh, he does so many things uh, to update our technology, uh, you know, in the house. It's just incredible. So I don't know. Does it have anything to do with us being in our 80s? You just want – you spend that much money on a car and you just expect better. But I'm just uh, pleading to the audience out there, the Tesla audience, that you still have to do your homework. Knowledge is power. And am I going – again – to buy the S, I probably will. It's a great car. Elon Musk has got a great product. Thanks for calling, Phil. Uh, keep us posted okay. on, on well, your decision. You. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yes, please do. Um, I think that uh, Rick has got some YouTubes backed up from my sources. Actually, I got a couple of interesting ones here. Uh, our buddy Donovan. Uh, he says, when it comes to EVs, all you have to do is look at Europe. They're about 24 months ahead of us when it comes to this. 
We are about 6% of cars sold EV. They are 25% of cars sold being EV. They will be at 50% in 2025. Mm -hmm. We'll be there a short time after. It should be said that hybrid batteries last a really long time, and they, they have the lifespan has increased. So this should not be a worry for someone buying one. The same goes for a full EV. They will last a really long time. And I've got one other here from uh, our buddy Negan One, who says, Good morning, Rick. Learned an important lesson about changing cabin air filters. My AC, now bear in mind, Negan lives out in Arizona. Probably some very dry, dusty conditions where he is quite often. Uh, He says, my AC had been acting up the last few weeks in Arizona hot weather. Some days 42 degrees out of the vent, other days 50 plus. I had to drive to Phoenix, and in the afternoon the AC would not get below 55 degrees out and 110 degrees ambient temperature. Was going to head to the dealer and said, well, let me check the cabin air filter. It was the original three-year-old cabin air filter. Now, they're generally recommended. I, I know Toyota recommends to replace it. them not to do it on the radio. Yeah. Every 30,000, <laughs> you should replace your cabin air filter. It was very, very dirty. He changed it out, and it's now getting back down at 42 degrees where it should be. And he said it was also causing high refrigerant pressures. The compressor was making a noise in higher RPMs. And with the new filter, that noise is gone, which because of that restricted airflow through yeah. that filter, yeah, you wanna, it's yeah, causing issues. The, 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 the danger is that uh, changing the mm-hmm. air filter is a on the checklist every service salesman has when you come in. And they go by the book, and what Rick is saying and what uh, you know the caller is saying, you got to check the filter. I mean, you really should check it. And if you look at the filter, you can tell if it needs to be changed. Yeah. But sometimes the the book will say it's time to change your filter, but it might be perfectly clean and it's good for another five thousand miles. So, uh, inspect, tell them to physically inspect the uh, filter and show it to you. Exactly. And bear in mind also, a lot of folks I know have allergy issues. I, I've I've got some, and there are available. Activated charcoal filters. They're a much higher quality material. They are more expensive. But if you do want to consider this for health issues, replacing your cabin air filter with one of these activated charcoal filters helps reduce that pollen and stuff that might get by the normal paper filter and could help improve your quality of life a little bit. So just something to consider. Yeah, absolutely, Rick. That is a great point. And all of us have these crazy allergies, and uh, some of us don't. Some of us don't even realize how serious they can be. Did you well, say you don't? No, I said not all of us. Yeah, well, Earl, you're Earl's an android. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> he's actually not. He's he's an android. <laughs> I, I, who are we talking about? I mean, here's a man. He sneezes. Surprise. 20, 20 <laughs> oh, that's just in his programming. <laughs> One last quick one here. Uh, a question came in from Ernesto. He says, do hybrids have the same auto start-stop feature like a regular ICE or internal combustion engine vehicle? And they actually do, but bear in mind that a hybrid car has no starter motor and does, and the 12-volt battery only turns on the electric systems. It's the hybrid battery and the big electric motors that start and stop the gas engine. So 
those units, it's it's like comparing a, a fly to an eagle. Oh. I mean, it, no, I it uses a, almost no power a, to start that gas engine from the hybrid flash, system. I had a flashback on Prius <laughs> when they first came out, and I was at the dealership. I went up to the uh, floor or garage where we had a bunch of Priuses uh, parked, and I was just wandering around, and I kept hearing these cars start up. And uh, by the time I got over there, it was off again, and it was the Priuses that were starting up as I was I was up on the floor all by myself. Mm. It, was, it was like a ghost pilot was getting in these cars and, and starting them up. But it was just the uh, automatic. They, they they keep them going after a while. Well, the the actually a lot of them have uh, or had at one point a solar roof. Oh, that, that the roof in, panel yeah. was yeah. a solar cell. Yeah. yeah. And it would actually start the blower fans yeah. to help circulate the air Honestly, and keep the inside of the car much cooler. Why did they drop that? I don't know. I guess the, the expense of the solar roof. Yeah, that's what a lot was. of people didn't want to pay the extra money for that's, it. That's what it was. Yeah. But it was it. The it was one of the features yeah. that although it was a bit expensive, mm-hmm. it worked. We got any more YouTube's there? Uh, we're we're caught up at the moment now. How about text? We have anonymous feedback and text. Uh, this is Rick. This is for you. It's anonymous feedback. This channel is hard to put a value on. I hope they're struggling to put a good value. <laughs> I mean, uh, hard to put a value on. All of us learn um, as you host share knowledge as career professionals. I want to respond to something Rick said during your show on June 4th about the sequence of making connections when jumping a battery. Rick said to connect the positive side first and then the negative side because the negative is less likely to throw a spark and start a fire due to the potential for hydrogen gas to escape. My knowledge as an electronic tech um, says that there is no difference in spark at either polarity. The voltage potential is there uh, unrelated to which side the load is on. Uh, The car electronics are merely a load. Imagine you were connecting a different load like a 12-volt headlamp to a battery via jumper cables. You will still get the same spark no matter which terminal connects last. What do you say, Rick? Actually, that is partially true. But remember that what I recommended was hook the negative cable on the weak car, the weak battery last, because it's going to be turned off and not drawing as much current across those cables at that moment. And once you have it connected, that's when you're going to start it up and it will draw the current. So that weaker battery has a lot less voltage potential available to it and therefore less chance of a spark. Okay, Okay, I didn't understand that. Oh, it was a spark was the issue right yeah because it, when you're making that that final connection oh, sorry, yeah creating a spark if there's any hydrogen gas has collected near that battery there is that small potential of a, a fire and so you just it's is it a fire that's really going to burn the hair off your knuckles or one that's going to explode the hood off the car yeah small? the smaller one did you say small a small explosion. there's a very small potential <laughs> for a small, small explosion potential? a little small flash <laughs> Yes, a small explosion. <laughs> and we're talking something happens once in a million chances. Did it ever happen to you? No. Never. All right. Your it, father must have told you from the get-go. Well, there's there's a lot of the old wives' tales, uh, but just yeah. even as you look in your repair manual, it will describe to you how to hook it up, and it always says connect that last negative last. Okay. Yeah. There Earl, we go. you want to share with the audience your small potential for a fire? while using the grill 
I digress. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, I still have $100 right here. $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call. Give us a shout. Give us an experience. It doesn't matter. We just want to hear from you. 877-960-9960. We're going to go back to the phones. And thank you, Frank, for holding. Good morning, and how are you? Oh, yeah. boy. Hey, Frank. Hello. Hey, hey Frank. Frank. We hey, hear you. Uh, I called last week. I got another question for Rick. Uh, my dashboard said that the battery is getting weak in my fob, so I changed it. Went out to the car. And it wouldn't work. So I took the key out, opened the door, went in the car, and the dashboard said, hold the key near the start button, put your foot on the brake. But the car wouldn't start. So I went back in the house and got another battery. Apparently that one was no good to begin with. Put it in, and it worked. But why didn't the car start when uh, I followed the direction? Hmm, now that's a difficult one because normally the immobilizer chip that's in your fob, if you hold it up directly against the, the power button, that's where the, the one of the rings is that will detect that chip. Uh, you need to hold it with the emblem side against the power switch though. If you actually had it backwards, sometimes that creates just enough gap that the signal won't travel far enough. Um, so they always say hold the emblem side. I'm sorry? I didn't, yeah, I didn't do it that way. I just held it up. And I was in a hurry because I had a doctor appointment, so I just went in and changed the battery. And, okay, so I'll know if that ever happens. Yep. If, I changed the battery as soon as I saw the, uh, the warning there that it was getting low. Right. Yeah, it, you might have got a, the battery you got was might have been dead for some reason. Um, but, yeah, yeah it, well, it, in case even if the fob gets wet, you know, say it gets you accidentally go in the pool or in the water with it, and it does kill that fob to where it doesn't work, that chip will still work. You just hold the emblem side directly against the power switch, step on the brake, and then press that power let button, me, let me ask and it will start up. Let me ask this question, uh, Rick. Uh, you, you magnify, you amplify the signal when you hold it up against your head or your chin. And would if you held the the symbol side up against your forward, would that be better than holding it up against the? No, because you don't act. You're not actually transmitting a signal at that point. You're actually using oh, right. the the chip itself. Yeah, that's right. That has a range really of only about a half an inch. Yeah, very good. Okay, another little trick, Phil. That'll uh, Frank. I mean, if uh, it comes up again, you know what to do. Thanks for the call. Yeah, all right, thank you. Have a great weekend. 877-960-9960. Earl, you know, I forgot all about um, <clears throat> mentioning you earlier about being a genius. Here you are, you're sitting in the Tesla, um, just kind of tinkering around, uh, probably doing uh, something more productive than they did down on Okeechobee Boulevard. And so your your map, your screen is out. It's uh, what what was it, black and white or, or whatever, and over and over and over again, you know, I mean, we had to use the car in that condition. So explain what you did to reactivate that beautiful colored map. 
It wasn't my genius at all. It was oh, come Kern, on. It was Colonel Google, <laughs> and actually it was YouTube. Uh, I, I can't stress enough, folks, especially the older people out there listening. If you don't use Google and YouTube regularly, I dare you to think of any question that you can come up with that they can't answer. It is, I, 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 you know, I played with that uh, dashboard and all the controls, and I went through the thing over and over again, and I was totally frustrated. Finally, I just went to Google, and I said, why did my navigation map change the grayscale from color, and how can I change it back? I just put it in in English. I didn't try to be fancy. Mm -hmm. I just spoke the way I would normally speak. Number one on the list was a YouTube, and it said that it repeated exactly what my and, question was. And it was Rick. <laughs> Could have been Rick, yeah. What but, to do when Google you're Rick. Uh, but, but, but basically, <laughs> I, I watched the YouTube. I'm sitting in the, in the Tesla, and I watched it, and they said, do this, do that, hit this button, hit that, bam. I got the color back. So, Did you comment on the video and thank them for saving I your life? I should have. I didn't do that. Okay, I, go back and do that. I, I will do that, yeah. But there is not an answer Google doesn't have. Uh, you, 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 can be, you, you can get trapped by going down too far to find something that sounds better. Take the first answer. The first answer is usually the best answer and the uh, simplest. And, folks, when you do that on, on a YouTube channel for someone like that, Take a moment, hit the like button, and subscribe. And subscribe. Yeah, exactly. It, believe it or not, a lot of these folks make a living or make a, a good yeah. side. And it's also side more likely they that supplement their income and very the well. More subscribers that they have on yeah. their channels. Yeah. The more advertising the they get, up, the higher up it, the list. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to start doing some YouTubes. You know why? Earl told a great story right now, but he didn't start from the very beginning where I had yeah. to take the hammer out of his hand and he was going, <laughs> Oh, he charged the Tesla with the hammer and he started out. He started his story at a very calm uh, right. YouTube. He came in chapter three. Uh, went to YouTube. And, uh. <laughs> I, I want that sound as a sound effect he for goes a ring that, so Do you like else, that? <laughs> he, he goes through that to come up with the answer, then the listeners don't have to go through that well a millennial doesn't have the fit and and i i have to overcome you just got to remember my, immediately my 20th century mentality and then i can i can enter briefly right. the world of the millennial this is a conversation that we have often yes uh, hey Stu, don't, sorry sorry to bug you um this is going wrong i'm like i don't know had you google it yet and you're like, damn it all right yeah let me google it yeah exactly yeah. exactly you know, i can credit Stu and my other sons were telling me to uh, because I would calm down. I, I would call, yeah. You know, I called. <laughs> I called Travis Jones, right, and said, "Can you tell me? I know you don't work on Tesla." Right. And fortunately, he was busy. Right. I should have never called him. So I had time to uh, to fiddle with Google. Right. And I fiddled with Google. I texted him back and said, "Never mind." Well, it's kind of Google. funny because that's what everybody's doing. Like, yeah. so people call the show. We don't know the answer. We're googling it. You call Travis. Yeah. He's going to Google it. You call Josh. He googles it. We just got to get You got to remember to Google. You got to remember. Google is probably they're going to be the AI um, monster that takes over the world. They already are. Little funny. All hail Lambda. A little funny anecdote is that I believe it was Google fired an employee, right? Because the employee, the employee was absolutely convinced that the the their AI. Yeah, their, their AI um, a bot, their AI robot, Lambda uh, was human. Lambda, completely sentient. Yeah. Hey, I read the conversation. 
I know they're saying it's not. It's a pretty pretty smart bot yeah, there. That's yeah. it. Yeah, he was it sounds, his friend. Sounds real. He was, this guy he worked for Google. He hired a lawyer. Yeah, you're right. No, he did. <laughs> the bot asked him. He the guy. He's the, guy, the, the AI said he wants a lawyer, so he hired him a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. That's well, true. I know. So it's, it's amazing. So it's and you old folks like me that can that can put one foot into the 21st century. It's a lot of fun. You'll still be frustrated, and only the millennials will fully appreciate it. But. Uh, we're, we got our one foot in there anyway. The, the millennials don't know anything, Dad. It's not the millennials yeah, who know it. It's I, not the millennials. It's Gen, yeah, it's Gen Z. That, yeah. Okay, no, no, kids, it's, it's we're really nucleus. backed up now. Um, I lost track. Hey, Jonathan, is that Dick that's uh, holding right now? Okay, Dick, thank you so much. I know you've been holding for a while. Uh, we got carried away here. Good morning. Hello, Dick. Hello in Radio Land. Dick, yeah. You, yeah, there you are. I'm here. Yeah. Good morning, Earl. How you doing? Doing great, thank you. I called before and talked Tesla with you, uh, a year ago or so. Before, I, before you bought yours, and I got mine. I bought it in uh, 2018. Uh-huh. I thought I called this morning and sort of give the opposite side about the service department. Good. I have um, had a, several occasions uh, since uh, late 2018 to have my car done at the uh, OB and the previous uh, location. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ball's uh, been positive. I've oh. had uh, such things done as uh, just recently my big battery went out. And they oh, replaced wow. that. Wow. Totally totally uh, kept me on track on the, track on the battery. Um, this is like 35,000 miles. But they paid for the whole thing. Um, they gave me a, a almost new Loner S to drive uh-huh. for two weeks while they got the battery in and all that. And uh, communication was good. I agree. You can't call them. Yeah. The telephone is, uh, they don't know how to use it or whatever, but uh, <laughs> I've had good luck with texting them, uh, quick response and whatever. Prior to that uh, service thing, I've had it in for one, uh, I had uh, mice get into my wiring and destroy my uh, airbag system. Uh, they fixed that, and I'm, well, I saw the minimal cost. Uh, the harness had been chewed out. Uh, I think it was 400 bucks, but that was on me and uh, my insurance company for comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Also, had some body damage on a bumper due to the inadvertent accident. And uh, the body shop was great. Kept I didn't even know they had a body a shop. I to get it in, and uh, <laughs> um, the, their body shop was great. And wow. Working on it wonderful. Well, that's so, good. You know, uh, uh, I just, uh, I just I appreciate you. To you. Yeah, I'm glad you called. Outside. Yeah. I, Nancy and I were talking in the car about this. And as a car dealer, I hear people that call me up and st- tell me I have the worst service department and um, yeah. the people were rude and abusive and uh, they, they didn't have the part and they, I hear this and they, they get me all upset and I call Stu and get him all upset and then I, I, I have to remember that 99 times out of 100, uh, people are happy uh, and, and uh, I, I, I know that. So we we had a bad experience. I'm so glad to hear that you have a good experience well, out there. It's just every it happens, right? I mean, the yeah. uh, wrong time, uh, wrong day, wrong person. Those things happen. Human beings are human beings, and uh, now I can anticipate a happier experience next time I go out there. Thanks very much. Yeah. Well, I uh, I just uh, I, and uh, we talked before. I, I'm into the, uh, the cars for a long time. I'm a uh, senior uh, judge for AACA for years, and uh, 
uh, retired engineer from Brad Whitney and all that stuff. Yeah. And I've had my, my Tesla, and I'm, I got to agree, I'm a Tesla fan, and it will always be because of the car is just great. Yeah. Uh, but the service is not as bad as uh, some people are describing, and I uh, thought it was worth the call. How often <laughs> do you bring it in for routine maintenance? I'm ashamed to tell you I haven't read the online owner's manual, but what? Uh, how often do you go in, for, and what do they do for routine maintenance? Well, uh, they change the air, air filter. That's it. That's it, yeah. So very little maintenance. Yeah. They don't, there's no maintenance to it. I mean, uh, yeah. I probably could have done that myself. I'm kind of halfway decent mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it, um, I just uh, thought the services, they're trying to get it, make it better, too. Uh, well, thank you very much. Hey, hey Dick, uh, I yeah. have a question for you. Um, sure. Dick, uh, you're talking about the Tesla dealership on Okeechobee Boulevard. Right. Oh, okay. Dick, did you that go inside the garage? With your Tesla? Yeah. Yeah, I was in a garage. What was your feeling, Dick? How did you like the atmosphere? How did you like the conditions? Was it any different from, it sounds like you've been buying cars for a long time, not Teslas. Yeah. But I'm, was uh, it I'm any different black. from I'm any of the other garages that you had been in? I, uh, quite a bit different. I'm uh, 85. I bought a lot of cars. So you bought a and, lot of cars, Dick. A, so what's I, your I'm opinion? Opinion was the garage was they're all but spotless. So it is meticulous. And mechanics are sitting right there. The guy that handles you sitting in the garage. Okay, that's all I wanted to hear. Thanks for your phone call. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Anytime you want to talk Tesla or you got a question, I'm a halfway decent engineer on uh, Teslas and uh, a fair amount of experience with travel and charging and all that. Boy, that's great, Dick. I can't wait to hear from you again. Please give us a call. We'll follow up on the air about our service and how it went. Uh, Give us a call again. uh, I would send uh, Earl, um, not Earl, send uh, Elon a tweet. He's apparently listening to those. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. Okay, we... uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Bye now. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. We're going to go to Felicia, who's a first-time fee. No, no, Felicia. Okay. Bye, uh, Felicia. How about Mary? Okay. Uh, Mary, I, we, we haven't heard from you for a while. Mary calls us from LaBelle. Good morning. Hello. Yes, I'm, uh, we got Phil in, Mary. I'm you again with a, another problem. Um, it's, uh, I have a 2011 Honda CRV with about 120,000 miles on it. Uh-huh. And I've had no uh, no issues with it until this week, um, when uh, on two occasions on the same morning, it shut down and the steering locked while I was coasting, once at about 25 miles uh, an hour coming into a roundabout, wow. and once and once at about five miles an hour uh, going into a parking space. Oh, there was, that's scary. There was no yes. Very scary. No check engine light came on, no sputtering, no rough idle. What was unusual was I i normally don't go below a half a tank. I was down somewhere between a quarter and a third of a tank of fuel. Uh-huh. Uh, there's been no recurrence since I filled the tank. Um, and, and when I put it in park and restarted, uh, you know, there was no problem. Um, but I'm really concerned about it happening in the future especially since I uh, oftentimes am driving um, at, you know, what? 
was in it, the States. Were you out of gas? Was it, I mean, did it like... No. Oh, okay. No, no, because it started right up, you know, on both occasions. There was no sputtering, um, but it it was pretty scary. <laughs> Is this a push-to-start car, uh, has push-button start? No, it's uh, your uh, old-fashioned key ignition. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a 2011. Because the, the thing that's getting me is the steering wheel locking. Normally, steering wheel locks will not engage unless the key is turned back to the off position. That's actually a mechanical system versus an electronic solenoid. Because uh, push-button cars use a solenoid. So for that steering wheel to lock, there's that sounds like something's failing in, in that ignition key cylinder area that would allow that steering to actually lock. Yeah, my, my friend Don Brown uh, cautioned me about, did it actually lock or was it just hard to turn? Yeah, it's, In it's my recollection, which, you know, the, I, I, I appreciate those are two different things. Yeah. And in my recollection, it locked. Like it would, you know, I was, I was highly energized at the time and I could not turn the wheel. Hmm. Oh, that because my first thought would be you have an electrical issue that caused it to shut off uh, a loss of power, loss of ground somewhere that caused the computer to shut the engine off. Uh, but that steering wheel locking is very concerning to me because of the issue that, like I say, when a, a normal on a key type system where you have to turn the key to start the engine, the steering wheel lock, like I say, is mechanical not electrical. I I would get that to a dealer and have them check it out very thoroughly to make sure if there's something going on because that is extremely dangerous if that steering wheel locked. Mm, because a, a loss of steering, again, that's that's yeah, definitely not, not something to take lightly. And and if it was an electrical problem, would wouldn't the check engine light have come on? Possibly, but. If it lost power to the computer for some reason, say a main relay were to shut off for some reason, the computer wouldn't have had power to even illuminate the light. And, and, Mary, um, this is Nancy Stewart. Uh, you know, because because this has ha happened to me, you know, uh, here we are. Uh, could, could it have been this? Could it have been that? You know, it's uh, it could have been anything. But the main thing here is that it is extremely dangerous for something oh, like I, that to happen. I, I agree. <laughs> I Depending upon agree. where you are. Right. Now, fortunately, in both cases, I was not on the interstate. But I, I, I was just going to say, you know, at least... on the interstate. Honestly. Um, so, so, so a dealer, uh, go to a dealer, not to a, a standard garage. Right. Would I, I would... Yeah, I would go to the dealer simply because of the more experience that they would have and the potential that they may have seen this condition before and be familiar with it. Call us next week uh, and let us know how it went. But uh, do take it to your dealer, Mary, and, and we'd love to hear from you and see what uh, happened if they gave you the, uh, the right scoop and were able to get it fixed for you. But uh, please take it to the dealer right away and call us next week. Thanks very much for the call. Yeah, Mary, it was great hearing from you again. 
Uh, from, thank you, Nancy. Uh, thank you, Earl. Thank you, Rick. I, I will be back with you next week. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Have a great weekend. Okay. Thank you. You too. Uh, we are going to take uh, one last call. Uh, boy, where did the time go? Uh, we've, we've got so many things to get to um, amongst uh, one of the things, our mystery shopping report. And, uh, uh, Jonathan, I believe that's Paul who's holding. Okay, uh, we're going to go to Paul. Thanks for your patience, Paul. Hi there. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I, 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 I have a question. Uh, hi there. I, I have a question. Uh, I, I did, you know, I, I ordered a new Toyota from you guys, like, back in February. Uh, still hasn't come in yet. But a couple of weeks ago, a car came came my way, which was a 14-year-old Lexus RX 350. Hmm. Uh, when I went to look at the car, it was in such incredible, unbelievable condition. It was one of those things that I couldn't not buy mm -hmm. because it only had 27,000 miles on it. Um, a recommendation: What what preventive maintenance services would you recommend I do on this twenty seven thousand mile car now? Exactly what's in the owner's manual, and if you don't have one, uh, you can buy one online, or you could buy one at the Lexus dealer. Probably be cheaper online. Oh, don't buy one. Just go online, and uh, they're yeah. available yeah. as a PDF yeah. file. No, no, no. I, I I have the the owner's manual. I looked at it, but the the question that I had was. Uh, because the car is so old, should I have some any additional uh, preventive maintenance things that I could do now, such as change the transmission fluid, um, uh, change? You know what? The old doesn't require it yet. Should I do it now because the car here's, is so old? Here's what I would look at. I would have the okay. brakes inspected for how thick the pads are. And whether there's any sign of heavy corrosion well, on the rotors. Basically, just take your car to a mechanic that you trust and have him go over yep. it with yep. a fine tooth comb and tell, recommend to you what should be done when you take it in for your first maintenance. And after that, right. just go by your owner's yeah. manual. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Because, you know, I, I was just thinking that it might be a good idea. Uh, and and I, it's hard to describe this car. It, you know, it had a clean car pack. Um, the condition was so unbelievable. The car even still smells new inside. Mm -hmm. Okay, and and uh, I, I was just wondering what you know, maybe to change the tranny fluid, no. change the brake fluid. No. You know, and I've already had the car looked at by my mechanic, and you know. Well, if he didn't recommend any problems and he's a good mechanic, then you're good. Then, then if, yeah. he, if he says you're good to go, you're good to go. Now take, get your owner's manual recommendation, and you're going to be coming in at least every six months to get uh, the owner, at least to get uh, um, check the tire pressure and maybe an oil change. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Wow. All yeah. right. Yeah. That's because, you know, it still drives like a new car. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to cancel the Toyota I ordered from you guys in February. Well, normally we would be thank sad. You. I thank but, you. Uh, we, we, <laughs> you made, thing, you made we, people happy. And, yeah, we'll have to because we got a lot of people. Yeah, waiting there for won't cars, be a problem. So. But thanks for <laughs> thanks for the original idea and congratulations on a great buy. And uh, Lexus is the best car in the world, and you got a real doozy with extremely low mileage. Uh, enjoy it. And oh, give yeah, it a no, nice I mean, wash and wax. The, the car, the, the car was garage kept since new. Uh, had two owners. Had regular, you know, the Lexus maintenance services were all done. Um, I, 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 I flipped out. I for nineteen thousand dollars, I couldn't not buy the car. Wow, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Paul, thanks so okay. much for thanks, the call. Guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Okay, folks, um, the uh, phone lines are closed, and we are going to go back to Stu, I believe. Yeah, we'll just cl- clean up the remaining uh, text. Uh, here's one for Rick. I'm <laughs> not sure if I should ask. This is from Ola. Not sure if I should ask, but I'd really love to know how Rick developed all these knowledge-packed information. He's extremely brilliantly intelligent. It's okay if he doesn't want to share his background. And I said, uh, I'll, I'll give him a chance to brag a little bit. I do know that we were in the same advanced placement physics class in 1986 together. I am a nerd. <laughs> I read things. And I, I, I have a little bit of a gift of a relatively good memory. He drinks wine and knows things. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and he's really good That's with Google. That's what I do. He's really good with Google. That too. That, yep. That memory is really, really important. Yeah. It just, uh, I, I have good retention on a lot of knowledge, and yeah. cars interest me. I love the technology, so yeah. I, I read a lot about it. I learn a lot about it, and I've got good retention. And he, he, he likes to talk to people. He's a very people-friendly person, and unlike a lot of mechanics that are, you know, they, they don't want to get involved with customers, Rick likes to talk to the customer, and you, you can find out more from asking the right questions of a customer than you can with your diagnostic machinery. I mean, you, you really need to hear the, the fact. Uh, when you come into a car dealership today, you talk to a service salesman, he listens to you. Uh, this guy might, probably never worked on a car in his life, and uh, he's going to come up with some ideas. He's going to send to a technician who you never see. He's going to rely a lot on the service salesman said that he wrote down on your repair order. Uh, if you could talk to a guy like Rick Kearney when you go into a service uh, department, directly to the technicians that are going to work on your car, and, he's, and he knows the right questions to ask, you'll get a lot better repair. So uh, that's the reason Rick is such a great mechanic. You know, it, that's a really good point that you um, point out about uh, Rick. And anyone who has listened to the show uh, probably picks up the fact that he is a people person. And uh, to my point, automotive news Automotive News, they point out exactly that is something that they don't always find in a mechanic or anyone who who works in that field. And guess what? As far as uh, looking for mechanics, they have really switched over to another pool talent, they call it, and that is someone who communicates with people like Rick. And they're few and far between, but it is an important talent, and you can't go to school to learn that talent. I'm Thank a treasure. Thank you for all you do. Stu, <laughs> so we got any more texts? Uh-huh. Yeah, this, uh, the last one came in. It's from Fiona, and uh, she needs our help in buying a new car. Um, she, said her, she says, my manager is a diehard fan of the show and encouraged <coughs> me to listen in. Uh, yesterday, I read almost every blog you have ever posted. Literally, wow, wow that's wow, wow that's, that's a lot of blogs. I was counting them. There's, there's a lot. Yeah, there's, um, I'm a woman. However, I am shy, embarrassed, and rather emotional at this moment, considering my debacle. That's the only reason I haven't called in this morning. Um, but I'm willing to share my experience. Not just today. I'd rather not be so emotional. I'm hoping that someone there will help my car buying in, in her process. This week, she's made. I've made several attempts to purchase a vehicle most recently by utilizing Costco's auto program. However, the authorized dealer contact will not email me the member-only price sheet. Um, That's the question. 
call Costco Auto. They they have to. The, the rules are they have to show it to you. Whether they you know emailing it, that's they're they're okay with that. So there's no reason they shouldn't do that. Um, maybe you have a uh, somebody who's not trained, but they need to uh, they need to give you that sheet. Now yeah, go, go to the Costco Auto. CostcoAutoBuying.com. There's an 800 number for a yeah. free toll. Call that number. Right. Uh, tell them who you are. Tell them who the dealer are, who the dealer is, and what the problem is. And they will call the dealer, and they will admonish him. And uh, dealers have to follow the rules if they yeah. want to be Costco recommended. Right. Now, Fiona, um, if you don't have to get a car, um, put put this off because even through the Costco program. It's still not a good deal, and 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 dealers are not going to be willing to. They they feel right now that they're entitled to these huge profits that they're getting. So even the Costco auto buying program is not. Uh, and when nothing. you buy the car, if you, if wait, you do wait. buy it from the auto Costco auto de- dealer, uh, put on your buyer's order your 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 sales contract that the dealer agrees to sell you that car at the Costco recommended price at the time you take delivery, because that can change. It's not going to go. Uh, up, it's probably going to go down. Might not go down, but it's a safety factor. Uh, you don't want to sign a contract at a price today and have prices a thousand dollars cheaper in six months when your car comes in. So be sure the dealer agrees to sell you at the exactly. Costco member price at the time you take delivery. All right. All right. I think we are all caught up. Okay. I just uh, I'm going to get into the the uh, mystery shopping report in just a second, but. Uh, there's a very important issue that we talked about uh, three or four weeks ago. We haven't talked about it much since then, and it has to do with the the uh, purchase option price and the lawsuits out there because the dealers are trying to take cars from customers, leasing customers, and buying them below uh, the their the market value is so high. The purchase option price is a huge bargain and. If you're a leasing customer now, you should always exercise that option price. Whether you want to keep the car or resell it, there's a lot of equity. Uh, Mosher Katzberg uh, is going through a class action suit. I remiss. I should have called him. I didn't. Uh, uh, he's, he's involved in a class action suit uh, for dealers that are doing just this. They are, they are refusing to uh, honor their lease contract, and that's a violation of the law. Uh, automotive news this week. Uh, lawsuit: BMW kept equity after car totaled. BMW is being sued um, uh, in California. The lessor driving the car totaled the car. The car uh, car is totaled. It goes, of course, back to the leasing company. The the glitch is that the value of the car, the replacement value of the car is thousands of dollars higher than the uh, residual value. If it had not been totaled, he could exercise the purchase option price and had a car at thousands of dollars below market value. In this case here, it was totaled. So BMW uh, uh, would have had, had, had it not, they had uh, the profit that you have taken, they stole from that leasing, from that lessor. So. If you're leasing a car today, just remember this. If you don't remember anything else, you have a purchase option price on that car. If you leased a car three years ago, it's coming up real quick. And that purchase option price is thousands of dollars below what you can sell it for. 
So you have to buy the car at that price. The law requires you can buy that car from the leasing company through the dealer maybe, but through uh, from the leasing company at the purchase option price. Turn around and sell it to uh, the dealer or somebody else for thousands of dollars more. So don't forget that. I promise to get a hold of Mosher Katzberg before next Saturday. See how the class action suit's going on. Very, very important because a third of the cars on the road right now are lease cars. You got one chance out of three, you're driving a lease car, and you have a gold mine hidden in that residual value. You may not know about it. So uh, we'll talk about that next week. Now I will get to the mystery shopping report. The mystery shopping report. Before you get to the mystery shopping report, let me <clears throat> tell our listeners um, you too can vote on our mystery shopping report, and we do enjoy hearing from you um, because you guys make the show, as I say every week. So uh, give us a text. Let us know how you feel about the mystery shopping report. The mystery shopping report comes from Hollywood Kia this week, and our text number is 772. 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. So take advantage of that. We would love to see and hear how you feel about the mystery shopping report, because there's so much that goes into this mystery shopping report, and we're here to help you. Thank you. Hollywood Kia for a lot of you folks that are all over the world streaming this. This is a Hollywood in Florida, uh, not the Hollywood in California. A lot of confusion there. Uh, a year ago, we shopped Hollywood Kia in Hollywood, Florida. Uh, if the South Florida retail car market is the beast, I love this, Stu wrote this, this beautiful paragraph. I mean, you could get a Pulitzer on this right here. Thank you. If the South Florida retail car market is the beast, Hollywood, Florida is the belly of the beast. I love that. <laughs> Located in the southern end of Broward County, right near Miami-Dade, Hollywood is nestled in one of the most densely populated areas in the United States. Amazing. I mean... Uh, I won't go into the detail of how we know that, but it's, it's the fourth, wall people. It's the fourth most densely in the United <laughs> States. Area. It's a cultural melting pot, a retirement destination, a tourist mecca, a playground for the wealthy and effectively unregulated competitive environment for car dealers. That's all true. It sounds like it's embellished. It's not. Babylon. Yeah, it is truly... It's from another planet. Hollywood Toyota, one of the reasons we know so much about this, Hollywood Toyota is the number two or number three largest volume dealer. As of as of last month, they're number three. Yeah. It is Longo by a wide margin, Al Hendrickson Toyota right yeah. near yeah. Hollywood and yeah. then Hollywood. So that tells you something about that market. Now, Hollywood, Florida, it's a little small town, but it's packed with people. Yeah, it's ta- just ta- ta- for, for people who are not, towns in Florida are meaningless. It's yeah. not like you drive every they town; have, they're mashed they, together. They have a huge Asian population. Uh, they have it's South like, American, yeah. Central American, and, uh, and they Russian. benefit the Hollywood uh, dealers. Uh, well, a, a smart dealer in Florida will have a Hispanic-speaking uh, salespeople. Some will have Creole, Haitian-speaking. Uh, Hollywood dealers have. Uh, Chinese, Vietnamese, Vietnamese. They have virtually every the Croatian, all the Slavic languages. Yeah, yeah. and that's who buys. So it's an amazing market. Anyway, uh, Hollywood, Florida, Hollywood, Kia. Whenever we mystery shop down there, we get a hell of a show, and that's an understatement. We were drawn to Hollywood, Kia last year because their website proclaimed them to be, and I choke when I, I mean, I choke. It's, they're hard to say this. The home of no dealership fees. Uh, that's the big lie. 
the big lie. <laughs> Forget about Trump. <laughs> uh, you, if you go to Webster's and you look it up, the big lie, it says, Hollywood Kia statement, home of no dealership fees. How, the goal that they have to say that. What Agent Lightning discovered, that's our undercover agent, was that Hollywood Kia was a home of a big fat addendum and nearly a thousand dollars in what they called government fees, but they, you can't have that many government fees. So they relabeled their dealer fees, something else, and they're saying, well, we don't call it a dealer, dealer fee, so we don't have any dealer fees. I, I can only speculate, but I think what they have is they have the tag registration fee, which would be a government fee, yeah. mixed into that with, with other fee, things, right? Electronic filing fee. But there's no way yeah. I've never seen a $1,000 no, tag fee. Ain't going to happen.com. This dishonesty was galling us to us and to us, was going to us, and despite uh, the kind of treatment by the salesperson, we gave them a, a big fat F last time we shot them, and they're on the good dealer, bad dealer list. Uh, we, don't have, we, we get very few Fs, folks. We, yeah. we grade on the curve. I mean, when they're bad, we give them a D. Uh, they got to be really bad to fail, so they were really bad. We called on the owner, um, Jonathan Levy, to take down the no dealership fee. We said, Jonathan, take it down. You probably don't even know about it. We gave him the benefit of the doubt. Well, he should talk to his son. He should talk to his son. On the lighter side, last year, we know that Levy's son, Josh, the general counsel of the dealership, he, he should, should know too. Right. Josh <laughs> is the not lawyer. doing his job. Yeah, yeah. It was elected mayor of Hollywood. So the mayor of the belly of the beast. Right. right. <laughs> Something doesn't sound right. Son, uh, there's a lawyer. Uh, I, I, you can't make this stuff up. On last year's report, Hollywood. I know you missed the second part of that sentence. Oh, oh yeah, he was reelected. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Josh Levy was reelected. And will serve as mayor through 2024. Uh, I'd love to see uh, the election system in Hollywood. I mean, the belly of the. I'd beast. like to see how easy it is for Hollywood Toy to get a sign put up in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On last year's report, Hollywood Kia priced their car about a thousand dollars over MSRP with a crazy $953 government fee. Today, this sounds like a great uh, deal, but remember. In June 2021, the inventory crunch was just beginning. Things are different now, and Agent Lightning knows this better than anyone. Here's our report on speaking as if I were Agent Lightning. My initial experience was strange. I walked to the front door, and I approached our customer service desk. A man was sitting there, and before I could speak, he stood up and walked away without acknowledging me. I mean, this is something you don't see in car dealerships. Then, I heard a shout coming from my right, a salesperson wanted to know if I needed help with anything. He was leaning way back in his chair, very informally. I turned to the guy in the chair and said, I was hoping to buy a new car today. He remained seated and waved at me. He waved me over. <laughs> I walked over and sat down in front of his desk and said I was interested in an economical hatchback or small SUV. I said I doubted if they had one in stock. The salesman said, oh, we do. In fact, uh, we got one after, over there. He said that a new 2022 Sportage in white was just becoming available. According to him, a customer had ordered it a while back and it arrived three days ago, but the customer hadn't responded to their phone calls or texts. He offered to show me his unanswered text messages. I declined. And I said, you know, why would you doubt his word? <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> I declined, and I said I believed him. 
I said I was very interested in seeing the white one, the only one. Uh, he had me follow him while he got his keys, and then he led me outside. I asked him if he had a name, and he said, this is, this is all so strange. Yeah. He said, uh, a, a, a kill. Yeah. A kill. It's spelled A-C-H-I-L-L-E. But his, he, his name is a kill. That, that yeah. would have worried me right there. <laughs> a and, killer would worry me. Right. It's more like Achilles, yeah. but without the S. Yeah, exactly. And, so. and mispronounced. A kill. So, <laughs> I wonder what nationality it was. Anyway, uh, we found the car, a new 2002 Kia Sportage X-Line, all-wheel drive. The MSRP was $34,905. There was no addendum on the car. Hmm. But there was on the manila envelope that the killer, a kill, <laughs> left on the front seat. On the, yeah, on the front seat. So, uh, the, of course, the addendums are obviously for disclosure, and they're supposed to be on the window for the customer to see. You don't put it on the deal envelope. Yeah, he was carrying it around. And, and carry it around with you, but that's, where, that's how Agent Lighting, Eagle Eye Lighting, saw it. Mm -hmm. She misses nothing, nothing. In fact, she snapped a picture of it, and I have a picture of it here. Uh, on the manila envelope, the deal envelope that he carried around. The addendum was added, uh, added $944 for a Resistol. Uh, what's Resistol? It's, uh, it's probably the version of a, like a paint and fabric protector, I yeah, bet. Yeah. It sounds like it resists all. That's funny because I thought Resistol was a type of cowboy hat. Yeah. Resistol, is it? Yeah. $350, $350 <laughs> for Nitrofill and $29.95 regional market adjustment. Akil asked me if I'd like to take it for a test drive. It's hard to say that. Akil. Yeah, it doesn't scary. roll. Scary. Akil asked me if I'd like to take it for a test drive. I didn't answer. Instead, I pointed to the Moroni label and asked him what kind of pricing I could expect. Akil didn't bet an eye and told me that they were marking their car up $7,000 over MSRP. Right. That's a whopper. I applied that when I saw their no dealer fee sign, I'd assumed they were selling their cars for MSRP or less. I mean, when you stop and think about it, who cares about dealer fees? <laughs> <Right. laughs> if you're going to charge me seven thousand, ten thousand, we've heard forty thousand. I mean, how can you keep a straight face? No dealer fees, but it's forty thousand dollars over sticker price. Right. I mean, that's great. That's yeah, great deal. right. <laughs> uh, Akil said that everyone was marking the cars up over MSRP, and much more than Hollywood Kia was. That's that's not true. Uh, the same uh, lame explanation I got every week. Everyone says, they yeah. say, we're marking up, but not as much yeah. as everybody else. No matter how much it is, everybody else is marking marching. And the sales manager tells them. Yeah. Maybe the dealer tells yeah. himself. You don't know who the liars are and who the misinformed are. I didn't say anything about the addendum. I saw exactly. him with yeah. a much smaller markup. I, I, uh, a kill tried justifying their huge premium by telling me I would get a lifetime powertrain warranty which is absolutely worthless. Uh, they're free. I mean, that's, they should be free because that doesn't mean anything. Uh, no dealer fees. That's not true. Uh, you can't have $1,000 in government fees on a, on a Kia. Uh, free car washes for life. That's a joke. Three years of free maintenance. It's probably no maintenance for three years anyway. Probably from Kia. I don't, I'm not uh, sure. Though. I don't know what it is on a Kia, but it's, if it is, it's nominal. Three years of, uh, in a five-year, 60,000-mile bumper-to-bumper, and that's the Kia factory yeah, warranty. Kia's so, got a nice long warranty. Yeah, they're not, they're not giving you anything, uh, but they're charging you $7,000 over. I told him I wanted to pay cash, and my father was providing my funds. 
I said there was no way he was going to agree, my father, $7,000 over MSRP. Akil ignored me, suggested we go drive the car. I told him I didn't want to drive the car in the crazy Hollywood traffic. I had endured on the way over. Akil then asked me if I wanted to go ahead and buy it. I said he would answer. The, I said I'd answer the question after I saw the out-the-door price. Out-the-door price. Please remember the definition of an out-the-door price. That's the price you pay. You write the checkout, you hand it to the salesman, you get in the car, and you drive it home. That's what disappears in your, from your bank account. Definition, exactly. Right. Okay, out the door. Akil had led me back inside. We sat down at the same desk. He spent several minutes typing at his computer without saying anything. I finally spoke up and asked if he needed anything from me. He said, not yet. He was having problems logging his computer. I'm mean, a normal person. Okay, would okay. say, I got a problem with okay, the computer. Listen, he just kept typing. I want to tell you something. When I was writing this thing up in Agent Lightning's notes, she timed it, and she sat there for 12 minutes yeah. as he typed on his computer. And I didn't think you were going to— He gonna, never said anything. I, and I didn't think he would believe that, so I just said he's several minutes. But it was 12 <laughs> no. minutes. He couldn't log into his computer, and then she finally says, you need something from me? <laughs> Akil, is a strange, wow. Akil is a strange person. Akil gave up, picked up a pen, asked me for my name, address, and phone number. Then he left to see the sales manager. He's back in a few minutes with a worksheet. Top line, 43295 $8,390 it just keeps over going MSRP. Up. Not 7000 folks. $8,390 over MSRP. There was a $959.50 in government fees. And as I said, it just can't happen on a Kia. You can't have government, legitimate government fees that high on a Kia. Just like that, uh, the, and what's not government is dealer fee. And they say they don't have any dealer fee. They do. They don't call it that. They don't call it that. Again, there is no $959 government fee in Florida. Uh, there could be several hundred dollars in registration title fees, but these are far less than that. Immediately, I objected and pointed out that he marked it up much more than the $7,000 he told me when I came in. Uh, Akil looked puzzled. <laughs> puzzled? That's the only thing I can understand. <laughs> He's obviously a puzzled gentleman. <laughs> And, and asked what I was talking about. I was getting mad, so I did match for him. I, 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 so I did the match for him. He said I have the MSRP wrong. So I showed him the picture. <laughs> I took the Benoni label. Yeah, you must be wrong. Uh, I'm asking. Yeah. Hey, we have to. You get, must be wrong with uh, that. We MSRP. have to get Stu's expressions. <laughs> it, it really fits the mystery shopper report. Those are just, those are just we for missed you. it. It was great. So Akil finally looked remorseful after all that. I mean. You're caught with your pants down. You look remorseful. Uh, he promised to make it right and then left to see his manager again. He came back a couple of minutes with a new worksheet. This one was much better. Only $4,309 over full sticker. I asked to kill. This was the best they could do, and he said it was. At this point, I didn't have the energy to start another argument, so I told him I would text a pic of the work, a picture of the worksheet to my father, and I'd get back to him. So... This is all documented. I didn't show you all the pictures. She's got them all, including the Manila. I, would, I think Jonathan sheet. puts them up on the, yeah, so oh, on the good, live stream good. so people can yeah. see. So, so they saw the sign that said home of no dealership yeah. fees. <laughs> so there you have it. I mean, I, I, I don't like to taint uh, the thought of the voters, so I won't, I won't say how I feel. I will say that my heart rate is 135, and uh, I'm uh, feeling faint because of this report, but I won't tell you why. Uh, we'll go around and 
as the votes come in and see what our listeners uh, remember. We're great on the curve uh, on the show, and with the average dealers, not very good. And so you can have someone that's not very good. We'll get, sometimes we'll give them a C, and uh, if they're bad, sometimes we'll just give them a D. Uh, you got to be really bad. I mean, really, really, really bad to fail. So keep that in mind. Let's hear what you have. They're, they're coming in. Uh, okay. Here are the grades. Uh, I think we, we hit a nerve here. Jonathan Wellington, lying about fees, what else would they lie about? An automatic F, no appeal required. They are the epitome of the do not shop list. Um, Mark says, lock the front doors in Hollywood Kia. Triple F. Bob says, F for no dealer fee, Hollywood Kia. And, um, yeah, I we, we failed them last year uh, last week for that reason. Uh Last year, actually, the salesperson did a very good job, and, and Agent Lightning really liked them, but we still failed them because of the, the, the claim of no dealer fees and then adding something that's clearly a, a dealer fee. Well, so, I forgot we did F last week. We got two in a row, highly Yeah, so this is uh, both uh, on the year anniversary. They failed two years in a row mm-hmm. for me. Give them an F. Okay. Got uh, Negan one. D for Day of Reckoning is coming. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Mark from St. Louis. I would a keel over for a more enjoyable experience. Grade D. Let's see. A Guy Larrabee, a big fat F for me too, right off the beginning. Mark Smith, a phony Monroney label is a red flag for me. Tom Steckel, resist all Hollywood resist all Hollywood <laughs> car dealers. I like that. Mark Smith, D minus. Scott Hunter, F. Brian Sedlatko. Home of no dealership fees, my Kia Hollywood Kia dealership deserves an F. Wayne Vite, huge F. Tom Steckel, F. They are rivaling Napleton for the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> uh, I say the D minus because they just are oh, playing those games. Very charitable. I want to make sure that Martha and Andrew know that they also submitted Fs for Hollywood Kia on, on Facebook. So thank you for the grades. Nancy. Nancy's nonverbal right now. (laughs) That's very unusual. (laughs) You know, I got to ask did uh, somebody at that dealership fall and hit their head on a blunt object? Um, And what's up with the guy who's uh, waving his hands and. you know, it was his previous job at the uh, at PBI. Yeah, he was uh, getting the plans uh, in. Uh, yeah, he was at the on the tarmac. What the he- what the heck is going on? I mean, my goodness gracious. F F F F F F. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm going to give him an F too. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to send a copy of our written mystery shopping report to uh, Josh Levy, um, and. Uh, I'll send one to Josh Levy, Senior and Junior. Yeah, and just, and just say, him, please break down what the government fees are. Explain how is if we will yeah. retract this on the air if we if we don't understand something. Yeah. But I I cannot see anything yeah. other than. What and we I know we're almost out of time. I have one other uh, uh, revelation here: the uh, belly of the beast, the um, all the ethnic, all the different nationalities, all the different languages speaking, the melting pot. I found out I didn't know this. You do not have to furnish a, lang- uh, a contract, uh, a vehicle buyer's order, or anything else in the language of the buyer. Uh, as, not in Florida. Uh, not in Florida. In California, you do. Yeah. So, uh, 
I think one of the problems we have down there, people are signing things they can't read or understand. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why the Hollywood dealers do extraordinarily well. That, that's not you're not being hyperbolic. I mean, a well-educated person has a difficulty understanding everything and will not read it in the contract. So the language issue. Yeah. Okay, we're out of time, and uh, we are. I hope you will enjoy the show as much as we yeah, do. I wish we would have been able to get uh, uh, Stu's uh, expression as Earl was uh, reading that. Jonathan uh, it was, might have. I it don't was know. priceless. <laughs> Jonathan did. John's shaking it. Yeah, see, I, I, I keep forgetting there's like eight cameras in here. Bye, hey, everybody. folks. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We certainly enjoy your company. Thank you to all of our callers and to Felicia. Give us a call next week. I apologize for not being able to get to you. Again, thank you. We'll see you right back here next Saturday morning, 8 a.m.